Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Great to have you with us today. Welcome to those online. Thanks for tuning in. Well, we're, uh, we're in a good season. We're in a good day right now and... Um, Great day to be in God's house. It's a great day. We have the Word of the Lord. Amen. We have the Word of the Lord. We don't need anything else. We have the Word of the Lord. And it's exciting to see what God is doing. You know, during the week, we don't hear a lot, but there is testimony after testimony after testimony of just God doing just neat stuff for folks, just for blessing people. I love it. Absolutely love it. But, you know, this year we grow, amen? amen? This year we grow. This year we grow. And if you were with us last week, you know, I preached a message uh, through the door out of Ezekiel 47 verse 1. And, and the challenge was to step into it, the threshold, the open door, the opportunity of God to step into it. It's a decision. It's a life-changing decision to be able to step into that and to position yourself in the house. Position yourself in the house. This isn't just a great alternative of a Sunday morning. This is vital for the heart of the believer. When we gather together in the house of God, when we have that connected, that synergy of faith rising up, the power in that, folks, it's life-changing. It's life-changing. You need to be a part of that. And, of course, you've got to see, see the God plan for your life. See the God plan. You've got to see it. And I don't know about you, but when I saw Christianity, for me it was an opportunity for a better life. Knowing where I, I came from, the life that I was living, the path of destruction that I was on, the environment I was in, the family connections I had that, that were just dysfunctional. And then God opened an opportunity for me to see it, to see something better, to take that opportunity. Annie and I made that decision. And, uh, you know, we, we thought we can have a better life, not only for us, but for our generations. And, of course, you know, um, not everything in life is trouble-free. But I've got to tell you, the life we live in Christ is way better than anything I can even remember in my upbringing, in my childhood. No way. And I, I, sometimes, I sometimes worry for the generational Christians. See, I have an absolute black and white contrast, I'm telling you. Couldn't be any more blacker, <laughs> couldn't be any more whiter. But, you know, kids that grow up in the house of God, what an opportunity they have. The question is, do they know it? Do they see it? Or is this same oh same -o? Is this just like the norm? This is what I do. It's all I've ever done. I'm a Christian. It's what I'm brought up in a Christian home. I go, you know, I go to a Christian school. I'm in a Christian, you know. And that's wonderful. What, a, what an amazing blessing that is for your life. But do you see it? Do you appreciate it? 
And, and you know, I, I just, I don't want you to miss everything he's got for you because you've become conditioned to this. It's powerful. I've been a Christian over 40 years now and I've seen the good and the bad. <laughs> Stinking humans, don't they wreck everything? Them humans, if we're all angels, we'd be fine, but we're not. We're humans. But the only way you're going to get the best out of this Christian life is to get into the flow. And that's my title of my message today, to get into the flow of life. Let's read Ezekiel 47, verse 1. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. And if you read through that passage of Scripture, it begins with a trickle, just a trickle underneath the threshold of the temple. And then he steps into it ankle deep. Then he steps in knee deep. Then he steps in waist deep until he's swimming in it. And then we read verse uh, uh, 7 to 11 in Ezekiel 47, and it says this. It says, when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, the water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah. Where it, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Algum. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on the banks of the river. Their leaves will, will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. That's verse 7 to 12, actually. See, the flow of life from the temple to the sea. And see, that's the plan of God for your life. Don't be short-sheeted. Don't be cheated out of anything less than this. That is the God's plan for your life. It gets better and better. Challenges come? Absolutely. It's called life. But how we deal with those challenges in Him gets better and better. It gets better and better. That's His plan for your life. Three things I want you to notice today out of that passage of Scripture. Number one, notice the transformation in verse 8. The transformation there. It says, the, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. See, the power of this water flowing from the temple turns dead things into life. That's the power of it. Turns dead things into life. You know, the Dead Sea is over nine times saltier than seawater. Nothing can sustain life there. You can't live. As a matter of fact, I don't think you can even sink in it. 
The salt content is so high, you, you, you just automatically float in it. But the prophecy shows the power of this water that flows from the temple. The power of this life that flows from the temple. And, uh, uh, and it's the very heart and the nature of God to transform. The very heart and the nature of God to transform. If we look at uh, Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The challenge when we step into the flow of God is to allow his word to transform our thinking. That's the challenge. That's the challenge we all face. That's the struggle we all have because we've been indoctrinated from birth, whether it be culture, whether it be, you know, just lifestyle principles or whatever. And, and it's, uh, most of it is contrary to the Word of God. And so there's this transformation. There's this battle that goes on. It's like the Word says this, you know, but I've been taught growing up that it was this. So yeah, well, that's just wrong. It's the Word. It's, it's this Word. And, you know, I, this is the struggle that, that people have. People have a problem or they go through a challenge or something in their life and all you can really do is say, well, this is what the Word says. This is what the Word says. And quite often the reply is, oh yeah, but I don't believe that. I don't think that's right. What do you do with that? <laughs> Where do you go? Does, you know, bing bong, session over. I mean, where, where do you go from that? When you don't think the Word of God is right, then where do you go? I mean, 2,000 years of this word, over billions of Christians that have proven this word correct, but you don't think it's right. Are you with me? It's a challenge. Our flesh is so entrenched in all it knows, and it will fight the word, and you've got to overcome it. Living by God's principles will bring the most amazing transformation into our lives. But we have to apply them. Not just hear them, but be able to apply them. And quite frankly, they're not up for debate. They're not up for debate. Now, you know, there's different versions of the Bible and people say all this and that, but the principles are not up for debate because they're God's. Not, not mine. I would have changed a few. I would have changed a few of them, made them a little bit more to my liking. But they're God's and they work. But you know, when we do apply them, when we do step into that flow of life, <laughs> when we step into that and, and the transformation begins 
the transformation starts to, you know, I start to see it different. That used to bother me. Now, now it doesn't. That person used to tick me off, but you know what? I've got the grace of God that allows me to just move on. Move on in life. It's like, that doesn't bother me anymore. Why? Because there's something more valuable. There's something more precious. This transformation, I can't block it. I can't stop it. I can't come up with my own understanding and my own thinking and stop the flow. Block it. No, no, keep applying it to your life. And, you know, I've seen people change in such a short time. I've seen people give their life to Jesus and then, you know, a few months later, you think, is that, is that the same person? They actually look different. Their face is actually different. They come in with the burden and the stress and, and the scowl of life in this world. And they allow the transformation process to begin in their heart and God gets in. They start to see things differently. They start to be elevated to a place of peace and understanding. And there's a grace upon their life. And I tell you what, it's the best facelift you'll ever get. <laughs> Cheapest facelift you'll ever get. Not that I know how much they cost. <laughs> Just got to say yes. The second thing we want to note today here is the, is the stagnation. Verse 11 says, But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. I'm so glad. I'm so glad God put this in the Bible. I'm so glad he put this in the Bible because it's so dangerous. The marshes and the swamps are so dangerous to the flow of life, to the river flowing. God has this amazing plan for humanity. We see it in Galatians 3.8 that says, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham that all nations will be blessed through you. That's the plan of God right from the beginning that you and I would be here today. <laughs> that you and I would open the door and step through it into a life that is blessed a life that just gets better and better. God has given us the flow of life. But we have to be careful of the swamps and the marshes. See, the bad news about the swamps and the marshes is that, that there's no flow. Water just sits. It just sits and it stagnates and it smells. It doesn't produce life. And it rots. James chapter 2, 15, 17 says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? 
What good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Don't live in the swamps and the marshes. Don't just exist in the swamps and the marshes. There's no life. You've got to get in the flow of life. You've got to start to action your faith. Start to get the body moving. Start to get the blood flowing. It's exciting. Stuff starts to come alive. Read your word. Get into prayer. Tap into the life source. Get into the flow. Start to bless someone in your world. I tell you, it's a, it's a whole nother planet. It's a whole nother planet. You've got to get into that flow and be a part of God's plan for humanity. Honestly, I've pastored this church for 28 years and you know I've seen people sit for years. Sit for years. I'll tell you what happens. They come in, they sit. And next Sunday they sit, and next Sunday they sit. Now, I don't want you standing, all right? But they sit, and then they sit, and then they sit, and the first year goes by, and second year goes by, and they come and they go, and, and they come and they go, and the next year goes by, and then, you know what, all of a sudden the, the colour black seem, seems to be the wrong colour. It's the wrong shade of black. Have you ever noticed that? It's the wrong shade of black over there. Why do they have that there? Why is that there? Why is that? Shouldn't it be sort of a greyer black or a or, or darker black? I've never noticed that before. And now it's bothering me. Now it's a big deal. Why? Because the rot starts to set in. The marsh, the swamp starts to stink a little bit. And then, of course, the music will be too loud or too soft or too many young people or no young people. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant, the problem. And then, you know, they'll have a coffee and a scone together after church and there'll be a group saying, man, you're right about that, that colour, black. It should be a different black. And you'll get a little group that will swim in the swamp together. I'm trying to make it a little bit humorous because it's so true, it's devastating. Because I'm a pastor and I care about people. And when you step out of the flow of life, you just got the swamps and the marshes, nothing else. And eventually they find some reason to leave and they leave. Many not even in church today. Is that God's plan? Is that God's plan? That's what the swamps and the marshes do. You can't stay there. You've got to get into the flow. It works in two ways. When you get active and get into the flow of God, Something changes in you, right? Something changes in you. You all of a sudden have a little bit of purpose about you now. You've got a reason to get up and say, come on, we're going to church today. We're going to, we're going to get in the house. And 
you know, there's a bit of energy in your step and a bit of, you know, something, something changes in you. And secondly, because of your action, your activity, your flow of life, someone else is blessed. We come together, we bless united thousands of people here and in India. We bless thousands because we come together and are active, not, not, not passive, not swamps or marshes. So it's a win-win. We get blessed, they get blessed, and God receives the glory, amen? God receives the glory and leads me to number three, and I love this one. You need to note the abundant life. In verse 12, in verse 12 there it says, fruit trees from all kinds will grow on both sides of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. The fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. That's a good place to live. That's a good place to live. So you have to have this picture of the ancient world in your mind. When you read that passage of Scripture, you have to have the picture of the ancient world in your mind. Imagine a river that's, that, you know, there's food on, on, on both sides of the, of the river on the banks. And every month there's a new crop, which is not actually seasonal, is it? Like, you know, every month there's new fruit. Every month there's, there's provision. Every, everywhere there's an abundance of fish which is really important when fridges haven't been invented yet. Amen? See, their life is different to our life. Their life is they'd have to go and get their food, then cook it and eat it. There's no fridges. There's no bulk buying. Right? You had to, and, but, and if there was nothing there, what do you do with that? When you go out and there's nothing on the fruit tree, and the fish aren't biting, what do you do with that? You go hungry. You and your family go hungry. So in their mind, this passage of Scripture is really talking. Really talking to them. Like in the, every month there's new, fresh fish everywhere. My family could be sustained by that. That's a good place to live. That's a good place to be. Now, we saw it in the pandemic, didn't we? We saw it. You know, did you see the panic when the supermarket shelves were bare? Did you see that? People ramming trolleys into each other, you know, collecting toilet paper of all things. People scalping toilet paper outside public toilets. Two rolls, 40 bucks, two rolls, two rolls. I've got two rolls here, 40 bucks, and nothing in there, people. You better buy them now. Amen? People bought trolleys full of toilet paper and selling it to China. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. But see, you know, life was so much simpler back then. The main concern for people was just being able to eat every day. And you know, when the lockdowns were on in India, um, we work with families that are poor. I mean, they're dirt floor huts, right? 
They're labourers in the field. We look after a whole village of, of rat catchers. That's what they do for a job. They, they catch the rats um, that eat the rice. Farmers pay them 10 rupees a rat, right? Which I think is 20 cents in our, in our money. And the good news is they get to keep the rat because that's protein. I'm not joking right now. Pandemic comes, they're locked down. See, see, they work in the field during the day and then they go to the market on the way home. They buy their veggies and, and whatever they need for dinner and then they go home and cook it, right? That's their day. And tomorrow starts afresh. Well, what do you do when you're locked down? You don't eat. You don't eat, folks. And the work you did over there, you fed thousands through that pandemic. Whole villages are alive because of your giving, your sowing. Whole villages. It's $20 a month to feed a family. $20 it was. And that was just vegetable and rice and dal. Maybe a little bit of meat, not much. Wasn't gourmet stuff, but you kept them alive. Kept them alive. See, our promise in Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all, my, all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. This is how it works. This is how it works. You step into the flow of God. And you start to build some consistency in your life. And listen to this, write this down. Longevity reveals the rewards. We live in a culture that want lotto. It doesn't work that way. And most of the people who win lotto don't keep it. It's the consistency of the flow of God week in, week out, week in, week out. Gee, it sounds mundane. But you know, you look in the rearview mirror and you see the abundance. You see where God has moved, where God has shifted situations, circumstances. That woman got a job. She didn't even apply for it. Why? Because she needed it. And her heavenly Father knew it. Longevity reveals the rewards. I remember after saying yes to Jesus, very first time. That next Sunday, I woke up Sunday morning and I said to Anne, I said, I think we better find a church. I think I'm a Christian now. I had no idea. 25 years old, never, never been to church in my life, didn't know a thing about it. But I said this prayer, for want of a better word, <laughs> to God. And in that I said, if, if you show me you're real, this was my prayer to God. If you show me you're real, I'm in 100%. Not having a clue what any of that was. 100%. So we made some decisions. 
Sundover's church. We lived in Alexandra Hills and we went to church at Salisbury. It was about a 40-minute drive, hun, 40, 40 minute drive in the Datsun 120Y. 40-minute drive every morning, every night, we'd drive backwards and forwards. Sunday's church, that's what we, that was our principle. Sunday church. And the consistency of that over the years has been phenomenal. Another principle was that we gave back to God the 10% that belongs to Him. There's a lot of argy-bargy about the tithe in a church. Should never be, you know. Should never be. God says that 10% belongs to Him. That's, that's, that's what the Word says. Go to Malachi 3.10. That's what it tells us. And the people were cursed because they didn't do that. Right? They didn't do that. And God said, well, yeah, I can't bless you. I can't bless you. So we tithed. I mean, you know, I was given 50% of my wage to the world. With alcohol and gambling and drugs, it's at least 50% went to the world back then. 10%, that's a good deal. 10%, is that all you want? And I don't get a hangover? Win-win, people. So as I said, I didn't know much. I just had a couple of these basic principles. Give back what belongs to Him. And thirdly, we serve God's vision in that church. We went to Southside Christian Renewal Centre for 13 years after we were believers. Pastor Chris Peterson was the pastor there. He had a vision for the church and what the church was doing. We just sowed into that. We just said, we're, we're in. What do you need? I think for the first probably 10 years, people didn't know Anne and I were even married. We never sat together. We are serving. We're on the door, on the car park or wherever we could, you know, be a part of the vision. We, we're in 100%. And longevity reveals the rewards. You look back over 40 years now and, and I tell you what, God has been absolutely amazing. Simple stuff. But we've been blessed with an abundant life. Many challenges, but I've been on death's door more than once and he pulled me through. I've witnessed thousands of people, thousands, blessed. Because I'm a part of something bigger than myself. You know, one village just up the road from one of our villages that we kept alive in a pandemic, Father and, and wife and three kids, he, this guy had to hang his children and his wife and then he hung himself because he couldn't bear to see him starve. Couldn't bear to see him starve. It's a bad day, folks, when, when hanging your family is an act of mercy. 
in their eyes. Don't waste this. Don't waste this opportunity you have. Step into it. Embrace it. Take a hold of something that the flow of life that flows through you and not only blesses you and your generations, but blesses everywhere you go. That flow goes. And lives are changed. And lives are changed. That's His plan. Keep away from the swamps and the marshes. Father, I thank You today for Your Word into our hearts. I thank You, Lord, for everyone listening at home today. And I pray the challenge goes through the airways and every life is changed. Every life has an opportunity to be transformed. Everybody sitting here today, we all have a journey. We all have different turns and twists along that road, but the principles stay the same because that's who I am. I'm no longer a part of the world. I'm born again into your kingdom. It doesn't get harder than that. So, Father, bless each one. Touch each life, I pray. Challenge our hearts. Lift us up in this year of growth. Stretch us a little bit so we can see your purpose and your plan and your will for our life and not miss that. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.